So one thing that I've been doing this week is I've been helping a couple friends on Twitter as they attempt to start their own podcast. Mm-hmm. What kind of idiot would do something like that? I can't imagine. But they're coming at it kind of like in the same place that you were with like virtually no knowledge of how to get started at all. And so I've just I've pretty much written up this entire big long guide now that's pretty useful. I mean, do I need it? No, you don't. Am I in podcasting 102? I've graduated from 101. Oh, this class is very one. This isn't even 101. This is before 101. Okay, so this is like uh, when I open my mouth and sounds come out, how do I form my lips into the shapes that would make words, which you could then assemble into sentences and then possibly cogent thoughts and ideas? Actually, that kind of is covered a little bit because I included Trin Garitano's Guide to Podcasting. Oh, I should read that. I don't know if you're familiar with that. You know who Trin is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Trin from Friendshipping and Kickstarter Games has a great guide to podcasting and kind of like how to think about podcasting and how to talk and how to, I guess, how to hold yourself, how to compose yourself. I'm not finding the word I'm looking for. How to be cool and podcast at the same time. Kind of. And how to like come across as expressive and genuine and real and human and not like robotic or dull. And so one of the tips that she has in her guide is literally just, oh, smile. Smile when you're talking, because that can add a lot of personality and character and humanity in. I found you can like actually hear when someone is smiling when they're talking. You really can. It's super weird because you're just using your your ears and not your eyes. But smiling changes the shape of your face. I'm smiling right now, but I'm not talking, so it's it's probably not <laughs> effective. <laughs> I mean, effective as it can be. Should we do a podcast where we talk to each other about things that we've Googled? I mean, I've thought about it. I've thought about it too, and I think I think now's the time. I think now that we're sitting in rooms halfway across the country from each other and talking into microphones and recording the sounds that come out of our mouths would probably be the the appropriate time. This is Idle Curiosities, a search-driven podcast by Seth Reinecke and Jason Hellman. Music by Yuri Beats. From looking at your Googles, because I I, I see your terms, and it seems like this might be a very quarantine-y podcast today. Extremely... Uh, I'm looking at your terms, and I already see the word COVID. Oh, yeah. And... Oh, um, yeah. The word shitless, which mm, could go either way in terms of quarantine I'm actually going to write that down as a potential title for the show. <laughs> Q-U-A-R-A-N-T-E-E-N-Y? Question sure. mark? <laughs> I've been I've been throwing quarantini around a lot because it's like sometimes you want a martini and sometimes you want a quarantini. Uh, <laughs> that's a great joke. That's better than my joke. A quarantini is joke, any drink that you drink while quarantined. My joke was going to be that Disney Channel has to have already started filming a show called Quarantines, right? Oh, oh my God! Yes, yeah, just a just a bunch of teens who FaceTime every day under the imminent threat of dying from a global pandemic and they're all cute yeah. you know like and then one of them can sing 
And then, actually, they can all no, sing. No, no. All of them can sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can all sing. <laughs> this is Disney Channel we're talking about. Um, so, one thing I'm going to do real fast. Of course. This is going to get cut out. Um, I'm noticing every once in a while, my I'm like peaking. I think it's like my peaks are getting cut off. So, I'm going to turn down my microphone gain a little bit. And I'm going to pull back from the mic a little bit. Let's talk about, obviously, your first interesting search term is buy liquor online PA. Yeah, I was definitely trying to do some of that. So I live in PA, which stands for Pennsylvania, <laughs> which is Quaker for Penn's Woods. There's your Pennsylvania fun fact. We're going to be doing one Pennsylvania fun fact every podcast. I feel like you need an audio sting for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be a Quaker sawing the leg of a chair. Um, so I think, I think that's, that's definitely what, what the PA sting sounds like. Or an overweight man sitting in a parking lot, eating a cheesesteak and talking about why the Eagles are so bad. So I live in the state of Pennsylvania and our liquor laws are fucking stupid. (laughs) I'm assuming that's all residual from the Quakers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Quakers not the biggest drinkers in the world and they invented all of our laws and now it is the year 2020 and we still have some of just the most bonkers liquor laws in the state so uh, we're quarantined and i was thinking i'm probably going to be drinking more than usual and needed to stock up on liquor so trying to figure out just like how to buy liquor in this state online is it's like, uh, oh, I had a good metaphor right off the dome, and then it just, boop, it just left. Um, it's it's like it's like solving the Sphinx's riddle. Um, hmm. You you can't just like buy liquor. All the liquor stores in Pennsylvania are owned by the state of Pennsylvania. So just oh. let let that one sink in for a second. I don't care for that. Yeah, uh, so every single so wait, one... Th- wait, th- does that make liquor store employees government employees? That's a great question. I have no idea. I, I think so. Maybe... Yeah, yeah, I didn't get that deep into it. I probably should have investigated further, but all the stores are... You, you cannot buy liquor in a store uh, that is not a state store, they call them. <laughs> so the store's closed because Pennsylvania said liquor is not essential, which hard disagree but you know there we are um and so i had to figure out how to buy liquor online and guess what there's a cool little loophole that i found oh so if you are actually i didn't find this my brother-in-law found it and he's staying with us and he had it mailed to my house so i get to claim the loophole as my own because the liquor was sent to my doorstep sure yeah that is also quaker law quakers were way into like shipping law so if you are buying liquor from a distillery that is based in Pennsylvania, you can order it and have it shipped to a place in Pennsylvania, and that is okay. But I ordered liquor, or my brother-in-law ordered liquor from Pittsburgh, which is six and a half hours away driving, and meanwhile, the state of New Jersey is 40 minutes away driving, and if I wanted to have something shipped from Jersey, I could not. If I wanted to have something shipped from delaware which is 45 minutes away i could not but go ahead send it from pittsburgh because they put french fries on their sandwiches that's also part of quaker law if you put french fries on your sandwiches you may ship liquor 
I, I'm, I'm questioning the validity of that last point, but I will accept it at its face because you said it and I believe you. Yeah, it's all real. I mean, we can't all live in like the beer bastions that is the northern Midwest, and I'm I'm extremely jealous. This podcast is brought to you by Pabst Blue Ribbon. That's right, Pabst. <laughs> it's beer. Pabst. It's 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 definitely beer. <laughs> I'm currently drinking a Pabst Hard Coffee. I don't know if Ooh. you've had one of these yet. No, I've had hard root beer, but not hard coffee. The Pabst Hard Coffee is just, it's like Pabst, except it tastes like Yoohoo. Um, you're not selling it. <laughs> I, would, I would love to be sold on hard coffee. I'm not there yet. I mean, it, it tastes like processed chocolate. That's what it tastes like. Oh, it just tastes like Yoohoo? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, all right. Well, It's I'm like gonna... Yoohoo, but slightly worse. Pabst cracked the code then. Alcoholic Yoohoo. <laughs> I've just been putting vodka in my yuhu, and that's how I make. That's how I drink my yuhu now. Wait, have you actually been doing that? No, I don't. I don't like oh. vodka. I've been putting bourbon in my yuhu, and that's how I drink my yuhu now. Who doesn't like vodka? I don't like. It tastes like nothing, but also terrible at the same time. Vodka is vodka the chicken tastes- breast of alcohol. I why would you cook chicken breast when there's chicken thighs? That's my question. Because it goes with everything. But it doesn't. Mm, mm, but like, there's no fat and there's no skin. You take that chicken breast and you mix it with some tomatoes, a little Worcestershire sauce, some you know some hot sauce on there, some bacon, spear of asparagus, a couple olives, pickles, and baby, you got a stew going. Chicken stew? Mm-hmm. But wouldn't, like, it would taste better if it was chicken thighs, because... I mean, just, just like, rim that cup with some celery salt, and, yeah. So you're making now chicken stew margaritas? Did I follow that? I think I was going for a Bloody Mary, but yes, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm making. My drinking is, like, so narrow in scope. It is so limited to brown spirits and sometimes beer and sometimes wine and only red wine, that I couldn't even imagine a world in which I was drinking a Bloody Mary. So how do you do with, like, fruit wines? Uh, isn't all wine fruit wine? Sure, but I mean, like, a peach wine or an apple wine. Oh, okay. I deal with that by have never having tasted them in my life. Oh. What you gotta do is you gotta, you gotta come out here to Wisconsin. You gotta get some, uh, some fresh blueberry wine. It's fantastic. I think we're going to have to work on your sales pitches because you just like say things exist and nope. they're not things I'm used to. I'm not going to say they're bad or weird because they're just not things I'm used to. But so, you just state the existence of it and you're like, and ta-da. Is that not sales? It's not. <laughs> I hate to break it. My entire photography business makes so much more sense now. Your photography website is a white background with black, big black (laughs) font text. It just says, I take picture of you. And then that's the whole website. (laughs) Just Helvetica that says photos. Yeah. It says, me make picture. You stand. Uh, Please, please give money now. I'm not an orc. (laughs) 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 Um, All right. I... 
I would like to know about you got a couple you got some good ones here I'm 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 most intrigued by poppy concrete and oh I was hoping I was hoping you would ask about that one all right can I ask a question before I commit to poppy concrete sure sure can is this related to the trolls movie it sure is not oh thank god okay then you could talk you talk as much as you want about poppy concrete okay so it's a song that I've been low-key obsessed with for the past couple months and i recently got really far down a rabbit hole of watching metal youtubers react to it what's what's the name of the band poppy i'm just gonna play the song for you right now oh okay poppy's the band concrete is the song yep so here's the song it is concrete by poppy listening and i was so ready for the first 20 seconds to be like you know i respect the metal the metal folk and their metal kind but it's just not for me and then the chorus i think it was the chorus Mm -hmm. came in and and i'm sold i think i like that so it actually goes into a bridge later on that is it's stripped down to just like a harpsichord and even poppier sounds and it is it is a pure delight i am someone who at the age of probably like 28 or 29 discovered i really like pop music and that's not to say that like i don't like other things but like i as a teen i thought it was Mm -hmm. very punk rock but it turns out i was an upper middle class jewish boy from philadelphia suburbs and in fact i was not punk rock and then in college, I thought it was very indie rock, but it turns out I was still just an upper middle class boy from the suburbs of Philadelphia, and I was not very indie rock either. And then Taylor Swift 1989 came out, and I was like, fuck yeah, this is great. I love it. And <laughs> I went down the pop rabbit hole, and I haven't come out since. So I'll, I'll give you some background on Poppy. Poppy is a character who was created by... A woman who I actually don't know the woman's name. I'm not sure if she's ever really tried to make it public. Um, but it was created by this woman and her at the time boyfriend, the Titanic Sinclair. And so the woman, of course, plays Poppy. She's intentionally been pretty vague about the details of her life as to not pollute the character with her own personal self. And her boyfriend produced a bunch of the first records. And they were all just like really straightforward, really bubblegum pop stuff. 
And at the same time, they turned to YouTube where they started making a lot of videos where she would be dressed all in white, standing in front of a shock white background with like heavily done makeup, staring directly into the camera. And the videos would be like 10 to 15 seconds long. It would just be her completely emotionless giving small recitations. I'm I'm looking at the album art on Spotify and I can say I'm frightened, but I'm also I kinda wanna see more. So I mean, yeah, no, she's she's really something because the character they've made is someone who in the character's story arc is a soulless robot type person. I I was gonna ask if this is like a Oh, no, the name is Chris Gaines. If this is a Chris Gaines type character. I don't know anything about Chris Gaines. Oh, you don't know Chris Gaines? Garth Brooks's alter ego? Chris Gaines? Oh, I don't know. Oh, in the 90s, Garth Brooks kind of lost his shit and had this alter ego named Chris Gaines that thought he was real cool, but turns out it was just Garth Brooks with a dumb haircut. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, how much older are you than me? Uh, Five years-ish, something like that. I don't know. That's enough that I missed the 90s and you didn't. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. All right, I was I was going to ask if this was like Chris Gaines, but like slightly cooler. Kind of. So she played this character that like it felt like at the beginning she was in a cult or something. But as things progressed, it became clear that she's the cult leader. And so they started selling merch with it was like the Bible of Poppy and shit like that. And it just got creepier and creepier to the point where it's like kind of weirdly erotic but also definitely meant to be like oh she's dangerous mm-hmm. like you you'd go to a meeting and then you come out with some literature and you'd be like you know this poppy's kind of making sense right 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 earlier this year she kind of stopped working with titanic sinclair and signed to a metal label sumerian records and yeah just completely pivoted so now she's doing this weird baby metal style bubblegum pops combined with like metalcore breakdowns working with the dudes from fever 333 and let live and it's 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 really something um (laughs) and i i hate how catchy the choruses are because if they weren't so catchy i probably wouldn't give it much more thought than i have yeah no that's uh i'm I heard it and I was like, okay, like this is basically pop music, but wrapped in screaming and currently having pig's blood dumped on its head like Carrie. Yes, exactly. So yeah, I'll put the music video in the show notes. Thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to watch and I added it to my Spotify. I'm going to, I'm going to give this a listen. All right. I have tabbed away from our spreadsheet. I don't see any way to just naturally move into the next topic. So... I guess I'm going to ask you about the 2012 Sixers. All right. Let me tell you about the 2012 Sixers. All right. The Sixers are a basketball team. They're from the city of Philadelphia, where I live. Astoundingly, I knew that. They have not been good since 2001, I think, when they went to the finals and lost to the Lakers, probably. And before that, we're not good since 1983, I think, when they went to the finals. For a team I really don't like, I still know too much about them. Anyway, this Google was not about the Sixers. This Google was about the movie Uncut Gems and my inability to process tension 
in a normal and healthy way. So have you seen the movie Uncut Gems? Do you know where this is going? I saw it in a theater. I couldn't just whip out my phone and start punching in spoilers. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I could and I had to because the movie <laughs> Uncut Gems made me curl up into a little ball of upset anxiety because, man, Adam Sandler made some bad choices in that movie and he followed them up with a chaser of even worse choices. And by the end, I was just wishing for the sweet release of death. So something happens in that movie that is... Are are we... I mean... The movie's been out for a while. I, like, can, can I spoil I, Uncut Gems? Uh, I would avoid spoilers, actually, I think. Unless we want to do a spoiler slot at the end. All right, then I will just say the movie is extremely tense. And as I said, Adam Sandler is a man in the movie who's making increasingly poor decisions, which culminate in the outcome of a basketball game that is played by the Boston Celtics versus the 76ers. And I like kind of vaguely remembered the series a little bit, but I could not finish watching the scene without knowing like, okay, I know this is based on like a real basketball game that happened. I can look it up right now and I can just know what happened and I will no longer have to feel like somebody is sitting on my chest while this man flips a coin basically to decide whether he lives or dies um but, that may be a little too spoilery but but there is so much tension in that movie that even googling that detail doesn't really save you that much no but it, it was like it was like that pressure release valve that i needed where it was like okay as long as i just know what happened in this basketball game and then i got the like the double anxiety of what if they like it's a movie, so like you can do whatever you want. Like that's what they don't tell you about movies. Like you can just do whatever, and nobody's gonna stop you. So I was like, "Whoa, it'd be really cool if what actually happened in this game is the Sixers won, and in the movie the Sixers lost. Like that'd be pretty wild." But you know, I don't. Again, without spoiling it, that's not what happened. So if you're watching the movie and you want to know the result of that game, you can Google it and then go. Oh my god, okay, at least this one thing. This is off my anxiety plate for right now. So overall, how would you rank how would you rank Uncut Gems? Did you did you like it? I liked when it was over. <laughs> um <laughs> It was like the character in this movie is so the antithesis of uh, of how I've lived my life this entire time that it's just it was extremely hard to watch and then also I kind of liked when I was like, well, I wouldn't do that. And then he makes this dumb decision and then terrible things happen. I'm like, yep, that's that's what you get for not being more fiscally responsible, Adam Sandler, and getting like high and mighty. And I kind of liked that feeling, but... Um, <laughs> I, I don't think that's what they were going for. No, 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 absolutely not. This is, again, just me and my being just having to resolve the tension some way that's i think how it how it played out um fantastic yeah, I, I thought it was a great story i did find out that they were supposed to cast joel Embiid. do you know do you know anything about joel Embiid? i don't i don't know who that is so this is this is a sixers rabbit hole now uh something again i know very little about but i do like and enjoy joel Embiid. joel Embiid is a did you ever hear the reply all about the process and uh uh, this is this is a, a sub podcast rabbit hole. Uh, it's it, it's not a, it's not a show I've ever gone into. 
Okay. So Joel Embiid is a player for the Sixers, and he is from Cameroon, and he's on the Sixers, and he's famous for talking shit and also being very funny on Twitter. He once asked out Rihanna on Twitter, and she said, not until you're an all-star. And then he was an all-star and tweeted to Rihanna like, no, I'm sorry, I'm an all-star now. Like, I'm, I'm not really interested anymore. Um, and... <laughs> So wait, he told her, he told her, I'm not interested anymore. Yeah, first he was interested, and then he became an all-star, and then he was like, never mind Rihanna. So Joel Embiid was originally cast to play the Kevin Garnett role in Uncut Gems, but he was so bad at acting that they just, it just could not be done. But you should, everybody should follow Joel Embiid on Twitter, even if you don't like basketball, because he's great. I tell you, I was really impressed with KG's performance. I thought he did a great job for not being a professional actor, as it were. Yeah, I am impressed that after... Uh, are, you, are you a basketball fan? No. Okay, I was just going to say, I was impressed that after one viewing of the movie, assumedly, that you're already on initial terms with Kevin Garnett, just calling him KG. I mean, all I can think of is that scene where Sandler's character is standing there shouting, Arms off the glass, KG! <laughs> yeah, and then something bad happens, right? Just like Turns out. everything else in the movie. Turns out when, when Adam Sandler tells you to take your arms off the glass, you take your arms off the fucking glass. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed that movie. I thought I hated it while I was watching it. I could get, I understand where you're coming from from that. I, I No, I don't think you do. Because I was looking at my watch bored out of my mind. Oh, you were like, oh, okay. That's a different feeling. Yeah, that's a different feeling than I had. <laughs> I thought I hated of... it because I was so upset at what was going on in the movie. You thought you hated it because you were bored, and then a lot of stuff happens at once. Yeah, I mean, I think it felt like a love letter to a type of movie that I don't really have a framework for. What What other movies would you put in that slot? I mean, I just kind of assume that they're stealing a lot from, you know, kind of the classic crime movies, like... Scorsese and just like a bunch of stuff that came out in the 80s and 90s that I've missed and haven't made time to go back to. It kind of felt like if Woody Allen wrote a screenplay and Martin Scorsese directed it. Am That's I way a, off there? No, that that feels about right, except for the fact that I don't have a lot of context for Woody Allen cuz fuck Woody Allen. Oh yeah, fuck him. But every movie he's ever made is like Woody Allen plays a character that he himself wrote where he is a schmuck and mm. somehow oh and new york because it's woody allen very new york very jewish yeah like it's that but like he fancies himself the main character of the story but also crimes are happening all the time which is not very woody allen no hey uh i as much i don't want to talk about covid I do, but I don't. We don't have to talk about COVID. Okay, it's on your list. I mean, we don't have to talk about COVID. I've got the map on there just because I've been obsessively, like, I've been clicking on a little map that shows estimated hospital bed usage and how many hospital beds are available total in, like, Wisconsin and on the national level. And I tell you what, Wisconsin's doing pretty well. It's actually been a really optimistic chart to look at. It's all that coffee beer you guys are drinking. I, I think it's just the fact that, you know, our weather here is so miserable that nobody wants to leave their homes anyway. Huh. I never thought of that. You know, for for the record, it is April 12th as we are recording. And 
Oh, your mic, your mic just cut. You know what? I'm not going to go back to it. Um, the next thing I want to know is why in the world you would Google the words downhill and movie in the same phrase. So are you familiar with the 2014 Norwegian, Swedish, French film Force Majeure? Not only am I not familiar with it, I don't think I've ever seen a Norwegian, French film crossover in my life. Okay, so it was a kind of a dark comedy, but a lot more really light on the comedy and a lot more on the drama side of things. But I think you could still classify it as the dark comedy. Can you give and, me like a give me like a you know if you liked this Norwegian French crossover film, you will also I'll, like. I'll just tell you the bare strokes of how the movie starts. And why it's interesting to me. So the movie takes place with a family that is on vacation in the mountains at a ski resort. I've seen a gif of this movie. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt already, but I've seen the gif, I think. Yeah, so they're they're eating lunch at the resort out on the balcony of the resort when there's suddenly an avalanche that comes down and threatens to engulf where they are sitting. And the man who plays the the funny redhead man on Game of Thrones runs away and leaves his family for dead? That's exactly it. Oh, yeah, I like that gif a lot. So that's like the first ten minutes of the movie. And then the rest of the movie is the fallout of the avalanche not having killed everybody. And all of a sudden, this dude has left his family for dead in the middle of vacation. And Oh, that's, that's a great premise for a movie. Yeah. And so it's kind of like the emotional and relational fallout from that. And it's all litigated kind of in real time, and you get to see it all. And it's it's another one of those really tense, emotional movies. And Downhill, I can't help but notice, is not Norwegian nor French. Uh, no, Downhill is, in fact, a U.S. remake of Force Majeure, starring Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, no. I like both of them. Why haven't I heard of this movie? Well, I had been awaiting reviews of it to because I was, you know, I loved Force Majeure. It's one of my favorite movies. So I was awaiting reviews of Downhill. So the other day I Googled it thinking, oh, yeah, when does that come out? It came out in February. Oh, that was two months ago. And nobody saw it because nobody liked it. Oh, did you actually get around to watching it or is it just that's i'm not going to put you off i'm not going to you know what keep it pure keep it pure in your brain it's sitting at like 30 percent on rotten tomatoes right now from from what i can tell they took an emotional dark comedy and just turned it into a straight goofy comedy Uh, i can see that okay there wasn't enough story to sustain that yeah i could see that happening because i like will ferrell but I mm-hmm. like when he's doing, like, ten minutes of jokes at a time. And then I'm kind of like, that's enough Will Ferrell for now. You could, you, could, you could hang out over there now, Will Ferrell. Right. I think that they, when it was translated over, I think the studio didn't realize that the reason the film was successful wasn't because of the comedy, but because of the tension. And that the comedy merely existed as a way to break up the tension so that it wouldn't be unbearable. 
I see. That's extremely insightful and something I probably never would have noticed. I would have just said, it's funny when Game of Thrones man leaves his family for dead. Right. And I think that that must be what the studios thought as well, because um, <laughs> they made a comedy and nobody wants to see that. Oh, well, I'm sorry your your movie wasn't better in English. They don't make a card for that, but maybe they should. You know, I'm, I'm okay with that. I probably wasn't going to see it either way, just because I like Force Majeure a little bit too much for that. I'm gonna. I'm, I think I'll take his homework. I'm gonna try to watch Force Majeure for next time, and maybe, maybe, maybe I'll Google something related to it. Oh, that'd be fun. We can maybe, uh, maybe do our first official spoiler slot. Yeah. So, in the meantime, I want to know why you are looking at earwax removal tools. Well, there's a very good reason for that. And that is that... Is it because of a podcast? No. I... Oh, my God. I'm ahead of the curve on this, believe it or not. For the first time in my life, I'm ahead of the curve. So, I recently went to a new doctor, and he stuck this tool in my ear. And he... I couldn't hear the things I was supposed to hear. And he is the second doctor in my life to tell me I am an earwax producer. Which means, I guess I just make a lot of earwax. I don't know. But... So, the first time this happened... Uh, I got this stuff that you're supposed to put in your ear and then like lean your head to the side and it like breaks it all up and it comes out and it's goopy and gross, but also extremely satisfying. Yeah. So with me being the human that I am, what happened was I got the drops and I put them in my ear and I laid my head to the side and then, uh, I started getting this intense feeling of claustrophobia followed by a panic attack that I was never going to hear out of that ear again and that it was closed forever just like closed for business uh and as I tried to rinse it out I was getting increasingly more and more panicked which it eventually resolved and I I did end up hearing out of that ear again but I had to go I I went to my doctor and I was like Listen, I, I tried what you said. Turns out I'm too much of a fucking head case to, like, even put drops in my ear like a, like a functioning adult without having a panic attack. And so he used this thing that was the most magical experience of my life. And then my valor was stolen by due by Friday when Max talked about the exact same tool. Um, but I was looking into it because, like, I went recently and I was, you know, thinking maybe I could just buy the thing that the doctor used the first time that was better than better than just the drops I used. So what did you find? I found it. It's a whole kit. You can get the whole thing. It is like, imagine like a Windex bottle, but instead of a nozzle, it is a tube that is connected to like a smaller nozzle. There's a, a, a hose that's connected to a small nozzle that you can spray a, a thin jet of water out. And then there's like this little basin with a, a little U-shaped hole cut out that you can press against your face and catch all the stuff you're about to squirt into your ear. Um, so I found it, but now Amazon is taking three weeks to deliver everything. And I was like, you know, in three weeks, I might not even have ears. The virus might have taken my ears. So I just, I, I didn't, I didn't order it. But um, I'm, I'm glad to know that there is a medical grade earwax removal tool available on the market. And if these were not the end times, I could just, get one so so my question is being such a professional medical grade piece of equipment what are we uh what are we looking at here? it was like 20 bucks 
No, it was like twenty bucks. It wasn't that much money. Oh. They could. I mean, oh, okay. for, That's not bad at all. for a earwax producer such as myself, you could pretty much name your price because at some point I'm gonna I'm gonna need it, and I'd I'd probably pay upwards of fifty dollars for it if I really needed it and I couldn't get to a doctor to do it. So I won't tell you about my disgusting earwax habit because I feel like people don't want to hear Are we that on this show. Uh, subscribe to the Patreon. I don't know. I haven't really had my earwax looked at by a doctor in probably eight plus years. But I tell you what, I had that same experience that Max was describing where like you go in there and they just like flush it out and this big chunk just like flies out and all of a sudden you can hear again. So have, have we been... Have we been podcasting long enough that our earwax production is synced up? <laughs> Your silence, I, I can only assume, means yes. See, I don't want to know about you here. <laughs> but I also very much don't want to yes and you here. Uh, you, do, you do whatever's right for you. But no, um, I haven't looked, I haven't thought seriously about my earwax in probably about eight years. I think about it every 15 minutes. What uh, what a privileged privileged life you're living right now. So I'm assuming that you're one of those people who, when you take out earbuds, you have to, like, wipe them down? No, I ha- God, nobody's going to want to listen to this. Because I was just going to say something even grosser, and I'm, uh, I'm going to dial it back and just say yes. Everybody's already tuned out. Okay, if, if, if y'all want the, uh, the saucy details, you're going to have to subscribe to our OnlyFans. And I'm going to pretend not to know what that is, even though I totally do. <laughs> one of my um, one of my favorite metal vocalists just created an OnlyFans earlier this week, where he is wearing cardigans and reading poetry. Uh, that's probably the best use of OnlyFans that's happened to date. I feel like maybe he'd do better on Patreon, but the bit wouldn't work. Right, because the bit is... I take this pornography platform and I put something very innocuous on it, which is inherently funny. I'll give them that. Well, now that you've said the pornography word, now kids can't listen to this. They all knew. The kids are 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 doing it all on the internet already. The kids are already sucking and fucking. <laughs> That's a title. <laughs> uh, all right, so I've done... Uh three you've done two let's let's hit one more we're 47 minutes but there was a lot of audio cutting out there um so the last thing i would like to hear about is merge records all right merge records once again i am going to take my third search term for the day and use it to once again talk about a piece of media that i am very excited about in this case Merge Records artist The Mountain Goats put out a new record this week. <gasps> I didn't know that. He did. He started recording this record once quarantine really started hard because he realized that his crew and band were all going to go broke after canceling their tour. Like many of us. <laughs> it's we're just, just an inevitability at this point. And so so he grabbed his old Panasonic boombox, which the last record he recorded on his Panasonic boombox was 2002's All Hail West Texas. And his recording, he did a few albums that way, where he's just playing guitar and singing, 
and recording through the onboard mic in this shitty old Panasonic boombox. So he's not plugged into anything. It's just picking him up. And you get this really analog whir from the boombox. And it, it sounds awful, but also not awful. Very Mountain Goats. Like, it's it's clearly not produced. And so this past couple weeks, he wrote a new record and recorded it on the boombox. And the record is called Songs for Pierre Chauvin. And it was inspired by Pierre Chauvin's A Chronicle of the Last Pagans. And it's an entire record about pagans, which coming from his kind of evangelical Christian background and all of his various assorted history with the church, I think this is going to be a very, very interesting record. It's all available to listen to right now on his band camp, which is the, I think it's just the Mountain Goats. But I have not heard it yet. I am waiting for my cassette to come in the mail. Oh, you released it on cassette. What are you going to play it on? I don't know. I don't know. But he did a run of a thousand hand-numbered cassettes. And I got in on that before it sold out in 15 minutes. Damn. I owned one cassette and it was the soundtrack to... I believe the movie was called Meet the Deedles? Meet the Deedles. I think it was Meet Hmm. the Deedles. No idea what that is, and I'm not sure I want to. It's a movie about uh, two brothers who were surfers um, that probably came out in like 1994. Oh. Um, and I bought the soundtrack on cassette because I didn't have a CD player, but then I did have a CD player. So, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure how I'm going to play this or if I'm ever going to play this. And I certainly wouldn't have bought it on cassette except for the fact that, like, I really like the mountain goats and i want his people to get paid yeah it's meant and it's meant to be heard on cassette if that's how he released it right right and yeah the, the format of it like he recorded it on a cassette so buying it on cassette just kind of does feel right that said if he ever does press it to vinyl i'll buy that in an instant uh, gramophone are you you're down for that too what no wait wax cylinder damn it i was so close gramophone is a record player yep sure is <laughs> 